Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. We're on episode 216. Are you trusting the Lord's methods or relying upon the world's? If you've been listening to this podcast for any time at all, you have heard me talk about the fact that the majority of time when I come to the passages in Scripture, because we're teaching through the Bible, even if I don't have a perfect pinpoint lesson that comes out immediately, I at least have an idea. And then we come to certain passages where I really just stare at it. And God just worked on me earlier today as I was reading over this passage. And God reminded me that all scripture is from him. And there's not anything that is in scripture that is not important. He had a reason for it. And so as we go through this passage today, I, I'm just so grateful because when I went back to it, God gave me a word. Like he, he showed me something from it that I think will help you and help me. Before I jump into talking a little bit further, reading the scripture and talking about the application, I'm so excited. So earlier today, I finally created a logo for the Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus podcast. And so you will see it on the graphics moving forward from this day. I also created a QR code that you will be seeing that includes that logo in the middle. And if anyone scans that QR code, it takes them to my Podbean site, which is where all 216 episodes to this point are housed. And so I am, I am so excited to see what God's going to do through this next season of the podcast. And that does play into what we're talking about today. So we've been talking for the last few weeks about the battle between Absalom, King David, how Absalom, David's son, went behind David's back, conspired against him. David leaves Jerusalem, and we spent probably three or four weeks talking about David's leaving of Jerusalem. And now we are talking about the anticipation of David coming back because Absalom was killed in the battle. In today's scripture, we ended last week on 2 Samuel 19, verse 8, and we went over the first part of it, and now we're going to start with the second part of it. So last week, David was beside himself as a dad, grieving because Absalom had been killed. And Joab, the commander of his army, with no compassion whatsoever, comes in and tells David that he's got to pretty much buck up because the people are so excited that they have just defeated Absalom's army. And here David, Joab says that David is making them feel guilty. Well, some, nobody can make you feel guilty, but his actions were causing them to second guess why in the world did we fight so hard for him if he's so upset that Absalom was defeated. But David has gotten to a point now where 
he's ready to go back. He's ready to be the king of Israel. But I don't see that he's ready to be the spiritual leader of Israel, at least from the scriptures that we see today, or even in the others as he's going back into Jerusalem. I see that he makes merciful decisions, but I don't see any calling upon the Lord. And that concerns me. And we know that David is a man after God's own heart. And if David went through a phase in life or seasons in life where he was looking more to his political connections, he was looking more to what he saw with his physical eyes, we struggle to do the exact same, whether it be in our relationships, whether it be in our work, whether it be a secular calling, as we say secular when it's not a vocational in a church or ministry type of thing. But the thing is, if you are a Christ follower, everything that you are a part of, you bring the Holy Spirit into that enterprise, whether it's a relationship, whether it is a career whether it is something that you volunteer doing, you bring the Holy Spirit in and you should be looking at it through those eyes. So let's read 2 Samuel 19, 8b through 14, and let's talk about it a little bit. Meanwhile, the Israelites who had supported Absalom fled to their homes. And throughout all the tribes of Israel, there was so much discussion and argument going on. The people were saying, the king rescued us from our enemies and saved us from the Philistines, but Absalom chased him out of the country. Now Absalom, whom we anointed to rule over us, is dead. Why not ask David to come back and be our king again? Then King David sent Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, to say to the elders of Judah, Why are you the last ones to welcome back the king into his palace? For I have heard that all Israel is ready. You are my relatives, my own tribe, my flesh and blood. So why are you the last ones to welcome back the king? And our focal verse. And David told them to tell Amasa, Since you are my own flesh and blood, like Joab, may God strike me and even kill me if I do not appoint you as commander of my army in his place. Then Amasa and we'll talk about this, this verbiage here. But then Amasa convinced all the men of Judah, and they responded unanimously. They sent word to the king, return to us and bring back all who are with you. So in other words, the majority of the Israelites, remember this is long before the divided kingdom. So the majority of the Israelites were, yeah, let's invite David back to be our king, even though we have absolutely turned our back on him for a season of time. He's our best choice and let's call him back. But you've got some areas, at least in the tribe of Judah, that are not on board yet. Now, I don't know who they wanted to appoint, but they weren't quite there yet. And then you see that David calls for the priests that have been very loyal to him and they send him to Amasa. So Amasa was a relative of his, just like Joab was, but Amasa had been the commander of Absalom's army. So, whoo, interesting. And he calls for him and says, I'll give you 
the commandership of my army, which is like, okay, what's going to happen to Joab? But remember, Joab is the one who killed Absalom. But Joab is, Joab, we never see in scripture that Joab really follows God. He's really not looking at things from God's perspective. He's looking at it from a political perspective. What can I accomplish? Who can I talk to? How can I make this happen? He, that's just what he was a mover and shaker for sure. And he accomplished a lot of things from a human standpoint. And David, in my opinion, is using those same worldly tools in order to get back as king of Israel, as opposed to waiting before the Lord and listening for his voice. Exodus 14, 14, which was the Lord talking to Moses right as they were about to cross the Red Sea and the and the Egyptians were right on their tails and it looked like there was no way they could survive. And it says, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. I don't see that in David. I see David moving the chess pieces, so to speak, the political chess pieces in order to get himself back into the throne. Verse 14, the reason I made the comment about we were coming back to Amasa's name. So in the NLT, it says, Then Amasa convinced all the men of Judah. Whereas in the English Standard Version, which is more of a literal translation, they just say, and he swayed the heart of all men. It doesn't say Amasa. And the thing is, when you look at the original text, and it notes this in the NLT as well, it doesn't say for sure if it's Amasa or if it's David. It just says he, which could be interpreted David or it could be Amasa. But it wouldn't really make any sense if it were David because then it says, and they sent word to the king. David accomplished it through Amasa. Whether he, which, whoever he, it really doesn't matter one direction or another, but it was David trying to use Amasa and Amasa's influence in order to get the people of Judah turned to his side. What in the world does this have to do with you and with me? Well, I think it has a lot to do with you and with me. I'm recording on a Friday afternoon right now. And I'm just sitting here for just a moment and thinking about how much have I asked the Lord to be a part of my day? How much have I asked him to guide me? Or how much have I gone just on human eyes? I know that he intervened on my behalf at one point and it was my own, my own forgetfulness. I, I, forgot an item, turned around, went back toward a store and ran into a young man that it was a divine appointment. I know it was, but it wasn't me asking the Lord to guide each of my steps. Two of my favorite verses, which are probably two of yours, are Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And I want to challenge each of us. How much are we really doing that on a daily basis? Or do we only call on God for, quote, the big stuff, unquote? Are you really letting him guide you? 
when it comes to your relationships and how to handle conflicts and how to deal with situations at work. You know, my challenge to each of us this week is to ask the Lord to reveal an area of your life where you are displaying a lack of trust. In this case, when we were looking at King David, do you see him at all calling upon the Lord to intervene on his behalf? Like, Lord, are you going to put me back as the king of Israel? If so, when can I expect this to happen? You know, how do I, how do I orient my life and the people that are under me? Like, no, he's looking at it from more of a Joab perspective, that political perspective, and he's moving the chess pieces, just like any other human being would be doing. But you and I, if you are a Christ follower, we have the Holy Spirit of the living God living inside of us. Why in the world would we not be actively 24-7 running things through the filter of the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit to show us what direction to go, to open up the doors that need to be opened, to close the doors that need to be closed. But we as human beings, and it happens, the thing is, I see it all the time, where even those who are called to full-time Christian ministry, which truly all of us Christ followers are called to full-time Christian ministry, but full-time Christian vocational ministry, such as in a church or such as in a some sort of ministerial setting, that we are so focused on how can we use the world's methods to accomplish the purposes of said ministry or the church. Like what? Like, but I'm not going to smack around somebody. I, 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 I'm, I'm seeing it in my own life. Like how much am I asking the Lord to grow this podcast so that it impacts more people worldwide for the gospel? I'm not doing a real good job of that. And I am stopping at this very moment and I am apologizing to the Lord for not being more focused on asking him to bring the audience to accomplish in and through what he's showing me what he wants to accomplish through this ministry that he has gifted me with, really, that I am a steward of for the time that I am here. Does any of this ring with you? Like, what are the areas of your life where you have been managing them as if you were managing a secular corporation and God was not involved at all. You make decisions based upon what others do, what other companies do, what seems to work for them. And you do not trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will 
show you which path to take or make your path straight, whichever translation. That's my challenge, not only to you, but to me. Like I am really like turning the mirror around today and I'm stepping on my own toes and asking God to show each of us any area of our life where we are managing it as if we do not have the Holy Spirit to guide us. You know, I think about times in my life where I made decisions at work. And there's some decisions at work that I don't need anybody else's insight because it's something that I, I truly do know what I'm doing. But there are other times where I so need to look for oversight and insight because I have people around me who have been, you know, a, a part of the industry for so much longer. And like I would be, it would just be prideful of me to think that I have all the answers because I do not then why in the world do we live our lives without consulting the one who made us, who created all things, who knows all things? As we look at this little story from David's journey back to being king of Israel, I ask that you just stop. And you just ask the Lord to reveal to you any area of your life where you are displaying a lack of, lack of trust. And just as David prayed in the end of Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out any way in me that offends you and lead me in the way of everlasting life. Sometimes we can't see it ourselves because we've been doing it this way forever. And we don't see anything wrong with it. But if we were to put it in writing or to be able to see a little reality TV show of how you manage your life, how you manage relationships, how you manage your business, would we see the imprint of God in all that you do? Or would your life look like your neighbor who does not know the Lord. That, that's a challenging question. And that's what I'm going to leave you with this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please take the opportunity to share this podcast with others. Now you can share the QR code. And that works out really well. It's going to be in the show notes. And... If you just tuned into this and you have no idea what in the world is this country girl talking about because you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but you would like more information, you can either go to the link in the show notes that says, I want to begin a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can email me at encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com. You can reach out via Facebook in the Facebook group by the same name. We've got Twitter. It's in, There's Instagram. 
It's all in the show notes as well as the YouTube channel that contains my study on the book of Joshua. And I will be expanding that probably be, be a few months before I get too far with that, but it is coming down the pike. And so just thank you so much for tuning in. I thank you ahead of time for sharing this with others. It is free for you to share. And I'm thankful that that is the case. You can go on any of the platforms and rate this podcast. I'm not going to tell you. I know you'll hear some other podcasters say, well, give us five stars. That's on you. Like, I would love for you to rate the podcast and just give me feedback, but I'm not going to tell you what to what to put. That is, that's your decision. But if you would go out there and rate it, it kind of helps the people and the different ways that the podcast information gets out there. And so if you've got a prayer request, zip it to me, encouraging others in loving Jesus at gmail.com. Send it my way. And, you know, as we continue, as David is heading back into Jerusalem, we're going to see, we're going to see David as a merciful, a merciful king who went out in such sad, mournful manner. But as he's coming back into the city, he's going to encounter people who did not do him right, so to speak. And the mercy that he shows is going to challenge each of us. So just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. (laughs) 